presented by Emergent. Good morning, Playbookers. I'm Rogu Manovalin. Fox News avoids the D-word plus Ron DeSantis' new book. Here are the big things we're tracking on Monday, February 27th. Perhaps not a surprise, but former President Donald Trump and Florida Governor Ron DeSantis led a recent Fox News poll of 2024 GOP presidential hopefuls. Fox News' Dana Plenton writes that Trump tops the list with 43%, followed by Ron DeSantis at 28%. Nikki Haley and Mike Pence were at 7% each. Greg Abbott and Liz Cheney were at 2% each. Jacob Rubashkin from Inside Elections had some interesting analysis of the poll in a tweet. It underscores the difficulty and opportunity of beating Trump. At 43%, he's not invincible, but that's almost exactly what he won in 2016. And Fox News rejected an ad from the progressive group Move On that would have highlighted the recent revelations from Dominion Voting Systems' defamation lawsuit. The spot addressed Fox viewers directly quoting messages from Tucker Carlson and Laura Ingram while saying, text show, they lied to you about the 2020 election for profit. Move On says they wanted to run the ad nationally in primetime, but the network said no. It would, of course, be a stretch to expect any network to run ads that directly criticize it. And Fox has criticized Dominion for having what they state, cherry-picked quotes, stripped of key context, and spilled considerable ink on facts that are irrelevant under black-letter principles of defamation law. But Fox's decision to exclude the ad further highlights how the audience has been kept in the dark about the blockbuster lawsuit. An assiduous decision by Fox executives, Media Buzz host Howard Kurtz confirmed on the air yesterday. He had this to say. Some of you have been asking why I'm not covering the Dominion voting machines lawsuit against Fox involving the unproven claims of election fraud in 2020. And it's absolutely a fair question. I believe I should be covering it. It's a major media story, given my role here at Fox. But the company has decided that as part of the organization being sued, I can't talk about it or write about it, at least for now. I strongly disagree with that decision, but as an employee, I have to abide by it. And if that changes, I'll let you know. Ron DeSantis' book, The Courage to be Free, will be released tomorrow. It'll kick off a media tour that is widely assumed to be the prelude to a formal announcement this spring he's running for president. The book rollout is taking full advantage of DeSantis' relationship with the Rupert Murdoch media empire. The book is published by HarperCollins, which is owned by Murdoch's News Corp. The first excerpt, How the Florida Blueprint Can Work for the Whole U.S., was published in the New York Post. Two authorized leaks from the book, one about his relationship with Trump and early this morning, one about a private phone call with former Disney CEO Bob Chapek, have been published by foxnews.com. And DeSantis started his media tour last night by giving his first interview about the book to Mark Levine on Fox News' Life, Liberty, and Levine. The 40-minute conversation was about as friendly as you'd expect. After midnight, the New York Times published a review of the book by Jennifer Sly, who, to put it mildly, is not impressed. Taken together, the Levine interview and the Sly review perfectly capture how the right and left are greeting the DeSantis 2024 rollout. You can see through some excerpts in the Levine interview where DeSantis plans to be heading in his 2024 messaging. So I grew up in a town called Dunedin, Florida, which is in the Tampa-St. Petersburg area. 
my parents, my, my father's from Western Pennsylvania, my mother's from Northeastern Ohio. So that is like steel country. That is like blue collar, salt of the earth. And as you know, Mark, Florida is very eclectic. People kind of come from all over. We do have a culture. Uh, and so I grew up in that culture, but really it was kind of those Rust Belt values that, 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 that raised me. More insights and more excerpts from the interview and review in today's playbook. Check it out at politico.com slash playbook. Here's what's up in Washington today, starting with the White House. At 8.05 a.m. Eastern, President Joe Biden will leave Newcastle, Delaware to return to the White House, arriving at 8.55. At 5 p.m., Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris will speak at a Black History Month reception. Also on the VP's calendar today, Harris will travel to Columbia Metropolitan Airport in South Carolina for an event highlighting high-speed internet expansion at 12.45. The Senate will meet at 3 p.m. for a reading of Washington's farewell address and to take up Jamar Walker's judicial nomination, with the cloture vote at 5.30. The House will meet at noon and will take up several bills at 2 p.m. A couple other things to circle on your calendar this week. On Tuesday, SCOTUS will hear oral arguments in a major case concerning President Biden's student debt forgiveness policy. On Wednesday, Attorney General Merrick Garland is scheduled to testify before the Senate Judiciary Committee. And on Friday, German Chancellor Olaf Scholz visits the White House. All right, for more news on what's breaking in D.C. right now, subscribe to the Playbook newsletter. That's at politico.com slash playbook. Our music is composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. I'm Rogu Monavalin. Have a good week. We'll see you first thing tomorrow morning. From emerging viruses, to the risk of chemical or biological attacks, to the ongoing crisis of opioid overdose, public health threats can arise anywhere, at any time. That's why Emergent has spent 25 years developing, manufacturing, and delivering protections against the things we hope never happen, just in case they do. Discover how Emergent perceives, prepares, and protects against public health threats at EmergentBiosolutions.com.